Welcome to another episode of the Market Adventures Show. If you haven't already, make sure you check out my course on gumroad.com called How to Invest in the Stock Market. It's linked in the show notes. I'm your host, Alex Cunningham, and in this episode, we talk with Cabria Biswas about his introduction to the stock market and how it fits into his plans for the future. Stay tuned. Here's my disclaimer. I am not a registered financial advisor or securities broker dealer. These are my thoughts, my opinions, and are not advice. Seek your own education or you will lose money. All right, so I'm here with Cabria. Uh, Cabria and I actually went to Marist College together. I believe we had we were the same graduating class, right? 20, 2016? No, I was actually 2017. 2017, oh, you were younger. But, um, but yeah, so Cabria is an IT professional. He lives and works in the in the city, and he'll tell you a little bit more about that. Um, big deal for me. He's multilingual, which means that he's going to be a very valuable person in the future. Very, very valuable person in the future. Um, so outside of just the stock market, which we really talk about here in the podcast, uh, we're definitely going to talk more about your personal goals and um, how you plan on moving forward in the future, both financially and just your broader life, right, Korea? So go ahead and introduce yourself. Hey guys, so my name is Kibria Biswas. Uh, I work as a systems engineer for Verizon. Many of you know a phone company. No, I do not sell phones. I work in an IT office. We manage over 30,000 servers. And yeah, I did go to Marist College. I graduated with a bachelor's of IT, uh, a minor in computer science and cybersecurity. I've always been interested in the stock market and I've traded here and there. A couple of my classmates we were all interested in the stock market. And as after I graduated, I decided to go a bigger amount. So I actually found a lot of success in the market. And I would love to share with you guys some of my processes and how I did it and what my goals are going forward. Nice, nice, nice. So that that so you said something super interesting. Uh, so you're a little bit different from me, right? Because I started, I was interested in the stock market before college. And then when I got to college, because I ran track and I was in uh, one of the medical programs, I just kind of was focused on those things. But you actually got interested and started in college. What was that like? So, yeah, uh, one of my cousins, he went to University of Tampa in Florida and uh, he was in the market. He was telling me about, you know, um, I was kind of interested in like getting into the market. So he had some investment. He showed me some returns and I was like, damn, I, maybe I could do that. So he convinced me to get like, I believe it was like six or seven Amazon shares at $200. No way. <laughs> no way, bro. Turns out the next year, my, my shares went up to $300 and I sold them all. And that was probably a big mistake that I made. And I, Repeated the same mistake with Tesla. I bought it at around 280 and I sold it at 380. It was, it just got, I just, I don't know. I just felt like I got the FOMO and but I didn't lose money. So, which was a good thing. But at the same time, I didn't really, I had so much potential, but I didn't really see it. But yeah, it's a good, it was a good experience, I would say. I mean, to start out with an experience like that is, is nuts. And the funny, the, the crazy part is, 
I mean, I'm if you look at the stock market today, most of us would be like, okay, well, one of them is worth three thousand, one of them is worth fifteen hundred. You messed up, but I mean, they're both still growth companies, right? Nobody knew what was gonna. Nobody knew what was gonna happen, you know. Especially as wild as Elon Musk is, as much as money as Amazon was spending at the time and not bringing in, you did what you felt you could do to make some money, you know. So. Exactly. My thing was in and out because I was in college. I needed some money. Actually, you know what I did with the profit money? I bought myself a MacBook Air. That's an investment. Yeah, yeah, that was a great investment. I actually used it all the all the way up until last year. Then I just upgraded to a Pro. You Bezos pay for your Mac MacBook Air, right? You had the richest man in the world pay for your computer. That's a big deal. Pretty much, and you know, you invest. They talk about Bezos. You actually invest in people, not the company. Bezos, Elon Musk, their their brain, if they put their thoughts and mind into a company, trust me, it'll go somewhere. I mean, they're going to bring us to space. It doesn't matter what company they start, they're going to bring us to space. That's that's incredible. Um, okay, so let's talk about this. What are your short-term goals? Because we know you're working at Verizon, which is dope. You know, you're living in the city big time, and, and you we know that you have some experience in the stock market. So looking at you know the next five years for you what do you see for yourself um goals wise i would say you know like financially speaking um i would say to basically have a big bigger net worth that's kind of my goal that's always been my goal since i graduated college um to basically get myself to a point where i don't have to rely on my job to kind of go get by every day like i want to have something that's going to residually pay all my bills and still have a little bit left over so I don't have to always rely on my job. Like that personal independence, that's what I that's my that's what I'm striving for. I know I'm only 25, but by the time I'm 30, I want something that's going to pay me dividends, for example, right? You can create a dividend portfolio that pays you every month or every quarter certain amount of money that's going to let's say help pay for your Amazon Prime subscription let's say for your Netflix Netflix subscription I don't know also maybe like your phone bill maybe your internet bill maybe your gas money let's say something like that something that's going to keep bringing in money for me that I don't have to work so hard for anymore you know I mean my job is great I I, I love my job and it's great but I really want that freedom eventually and I love that you said that last part I mean you love your job, but you want that freedom. I mean, there's, think about how many people, 40 million people, you know, were doing a job and the next day they didn't have one and they didn't have a way to make money or earn money without that job. So even if you love your job, it's really important to have something else bringing in money. That way you're not tied to the job. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, basically, listen, if... Uh, as much as you know you love your job if something happens to you you're going to be replaced within the next day so you have to basically look at look after yourself that's what i tell everybody look out for yourself save save your money but don't save cash cash is going to die off every year you lose three percent i don't know if you know about inflation every year you lose you basically you lose value of that cash the only thing you should have be having cash is your emergency fund, which you needed any time, let's say something bad really happens or you really, really need it. But other than that, you should invest the rest of your money. Also, I have a friend who actually has this emergency fund in the market because he doesn't have, he doesn't believe in having emergency. 
he believes in having emergency investments. So he just keeps it in a safe, safe pile of stocks. And let's say if something happens, he would sell those stocks and just bring his money back. <laughs> so his money is working for him while he's, you know, keep investing. That that's really cool, and the, and the fact that you even have friends in this, you know, in this space is super important. You can stay motivated. You can, you know, pass each on, you pass on, you know, information to each other. Um, so the stock market, how does it fit into your plan? I know you talked about it a little bit, but how do you see yourself using the stock market around your broader short-term plan of financial independence? Uh, I feel like the stock market can give anybody a big boost. Um, let's say, for example, let's say if you were to save $3,000 every month for 12 months, how much would you get? Like 30, 30 something thousand dollars, right? But let's say if you were to invest that same amount of money, and let's say you would to get, let's say even 8 to 10% return. Let's say if you invest in the SP500, you'd get 8 to 10%, even 15% in a good year right? Let's say you keep doing that and your money compounds within five, six years, you're going to have a lot more than if you were to just save cash. That's what I tell people. Don't save cash. Cash is going to, you know, unless you're planning to buy something big, don't save cash. So my thing is if you get into the stock market, it will help you boost up your, let's say, I guess your somewhat, somewhat retirement goal. It will help you get up there a lot faster. Think of it like an escalator compared to like just big stairs. Okay. Okay. Cool. So, so you're 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 big on the the no cash thing, right? So keeping your money in the stock market so it's always moving. Yeah. No. I I the cash is good, but I feel like you should only keep emergency fund unless let's say you're planning to buy a house, or let's say if you're planning to buy something, let's say like a car, which I I don't really believe in car payments. <laughs> I don't. I, I not because think about it. If you put that three hundred dollars somewhere else, you know you can get a lot better results within the next five ten years rather than just you know paying it all back um so yeah you should have cash but like let's say you save one to six months worth of uh, expense that's in my opinion that's more than enough but besides that i would say invest the rest so i mean your mentality is along the lines of some of the most successful people um in this country period uh the author, uh, Rich, uh, Robert Kiyosaki of Rich Dad Poor Dad, he you know, he says cash is for losers. He, um, you know, you don't, he didn't say it so bluntly, uh, <laughs> but he keeps he gives the same example in that he uh, he gives a story of one time he wanted a Bentley, and he didn't want to spend his money on the Bentley. So what he did was he took uh, fifty thousand dollars he was earning from his real estate. And he put it into the markets and told his broker, you need to get me $250,000 out of my money. And he used that money to then pay for his Bentley. He refused to pay for uh, liabilities with his own money, which I think is a super, super important concept that a lot of people that are 25 don't know and don't do. Yeah, man. Sometimes I talk to some of my friends who actually went to college with. They're paying, what is it, $1,500 for rent. They're paying student loan payments. By the way, I paid off all my student loans within a, a year and a half after graduating. You know how expensive Marist College is, right? Oh, do I know how expensive Marist College is? <laughs> it's paid off. Yeah, it's paid off for me. So I paid it off within a year. It was four, I owed about $40,000. And it's not easy to pay off $40,000 within a year and a half, if you know, but I was able to do it because I kept, I had 
that goal in mind that I wanted to pay all that off and I wanted to start investing towards my future. But if I had that loan on the side, it would basically be like, do I put the money there or do I put the money in the investment? So what I did was I went from the highest interest and then the lowest interest and I paid everything off. You're a savage. I mean, you're a, you're a savage. Um, Nipsey Hussle, rest in peace. He, in one of his interviews, and I don't know if this relates to you anyway, but he said he would never suggest people leave their house in their 20s. He says, stay there and build something. You know, if you can pay off $40,000 in a year at 25 years old without not having debt tied to you, you're going to be unstoppable. With the right mindset, you're ahead of some of the strongest people that have ever walked this planet because most of them started with debt and you're, you know, you're years ahead of them, which is super, super cool. So um, I guess what everybody wants to know, including myself, is how do you, how do you invest? Like, like, do you trade? Do you buy and hold? Do you do futures, options? What do you do? So I have several accounts. Uh, so I have a long-term account. I have a retirement account. I have a Roth IRA. Um, I have a dividend account and I have a J trading account. So every single investment plan is different. So the, for the long-term one, I basically dump money into it every paycheck and just forget about it. I don't even look at it. Like that's me saying, okay, so 70 I read somewhere 70% of the time the stock market goes up. So, you know, the odds are in your favor. So you keep just investing, just keep investing, keep investing. So if you know the downfall we had in March actually went back up and it, you know, it's reached, it basically made up for that loss that people had, right? So all those investments are back up right now. So that's great. But it's really hard to time the market. So that investment is there. And then I have my uh, Roth IRA, which I basically just buy stock and sell it. So that one, uh, like as many of you know, it's not really taxed. And when you're 59 and a half, you basically don't have to pay taxes on it. So that one I can earn unlimited, but I'm not planning to touch that unless I really, really desperately need that money. And then I have my day trading account, which is more of like, you know, buy and sell the same day mostly. And then sometimes what I do is I, you know, set up myself up in the morning. I look through some of the stocks, see if they're any news. So if there are any news and if I'm be able to find the news early enough and get into the stock and then get out really quick. And then finally, I have my options account, which is with uh, Robinhood, uh, because I just like to have that there. And I don't trade big money there because I'm not really a professional at optioning options. So what I do is I just play it safe and that account I've been doing you know, on and off, but I'm still learning. But so far on my retirement account and my uh, day trading account and my uh, Roth IRA, I've been doing very well. That that is that is so. I'm I'm literally happy you said that. And for anybody listening, I did not tell him to say any of that. I promise you. I promise I did not. So one thing that I'm really really big on in my. Uh, in my stock market uh, podcast or my stock market show, as I call it now, is setting up multiple accounts. Setting up multiple accounts is something that I've, I've been preaching and preaching and preaching. And in my course, um, in a course that I sell on Gumroad, and I tag the, the link in the description of this episode, I actually teach people and tell them how to set up their several accounts. 
and it's a lot like yours. I set up three. Um, you sound like you have about four, but regardless, it's a, it's it's the same exact situation where you have that long term account, and then you have a, a account that you're gonna you're gonna trade with. So you're in your case, your day trading account, and then you have an account that you're gonna buy and hold, or you're gonna get dividends. Um, I know for me, I have um, five accounts. I have an account with Webull. I have an account with Robinhood. I, and on TV Ameritrade, I have my Roth IRA, which is my retirement account, my long term. I don't, I just don't touch it. I put money in and I leave it there. And then I have my income account, and that's where I day trade stocks. And then I have my options account. Um, and I mean, regardless of how we choose to address it, it's cool to know that, you know, at 25, there are other people that think like that, that, hey, you can't just buy or get a Robinhood account. There are probably so many people who listen to this podcast who just have a Robinhood account and they're just trying to look for the answer. And the reality of it is just using Robinhood is not the answer. If you're 25 years old, you got to be able to retire and know that you got something you're sitting on. Exactly. Um, one, one thing I wanted to like touch on, like I could, kind of go in a little depth of what what all my accounts are so my first my biggest account is my 401k right so my employers match about six percent of whatever i put in so that automatically gives me 12 percent every year of my salary right so i have that and then let's say i actually put in 20 percent because i want to reach the maximum limit which is nineteen thousand a year so that's my goal every year. And then my Roth IRA, which I think is $6,000 every year. So I've been putting $6,000 on that every year for the last three years. And I have a personal account where I chose a set of new new or semi-new companies, which I think could be the next Tesla or next Amazon. And I basically religiously invest on that $500 a month. And I also have my day trading account, which I basically, you know, I mentioned I day trade every day. And then I also have my options account, which I occasionally, I would say I would take maybe one or two options trade every week. But I haven't, like I said, you have to get yourself educated in options. Do not go into it unless you really know what's going on because a lot of people lose money. People don't know about implied volatility and all this stuff. So, you know, it's it's a very complicated concept but the market in general is not very complicated it's very simple to understand but you just have to put in the time and effort so so question so how how long would you say you spend each day looking at the stock market are you sitting in front of it all day because no you have a job right so how much time do you really dedicate to to looking at charts and stuff like that so uh, I would say no more than an hour, not even, probably uh, probably 30 minutes, maybe an hour max. And the days that I do trade, day trade, those days I would say maybe two to three hours because what I do is I buy in the morning and I, I always set a stop loss. And if it goes up, it goes up. And if it doesn't, then I just go back in and I see, you know, how is it doing? Is it? up and down, up and down, does it, does it look like it's consolidating or does it look like it's gonna break the resistance? If if it looks good, I keep it overnight, but if it doesn't look good, I just take my profit and run away. 
take your profit 100%, you know, not getting, like you said before, FOMO, not getting greedy. If it looks, if it looks like, if it, if, if it matches your criteria, you stick to your plan, you know, don't get greedy. Listen, always stick to, talk about plan, always stick to your plan, come up with a plan, entry, exit, stop loss and target. So if you ever, you know, let's say if you ever get into a trade and you don't follow your plan, you're always going to lose money. Almost always. Because think about it. Let's say a stock you buy $100. Let's say it goes to 115 and your target is 110 If you don't move up your stop loss, let's say overnight the stock drops to $90. There you go. You lost $10. You can't, you know, you can't really do anything about that. So you have to kind of have that plan. If you don't have, if you don't use your plan accordingly, you're always going to like, you know, you're going to get feel confused and you're going to losses hurt. Trust me, mentally it hurts. So you don't want that. Yeah. Whenever you're dealing with, with things like money, it hurt. It just stings a little bit more. So it, it is super important. Like you listen to what Cabria is saying and stick to your plan. So Cabria, what are your thoughts right now on the current state of the market? I think we're in a really important uh, spot here. I mean, we've made up a lot of money. I mean, a lot of uh, the losses from March very quickly. A lot of tech stocks are super, super expensive, and we are in the middle of earnings season. What are your thoughts on on the market right now? I personally think that we are going to um, have another downfall, and uh, the reason for me to saying that is because uh, I feel like we've gone up so high so fast and I feel like the feds are just injecting money into the market. We're just creating a bigger bubble than, you know, it already is. Um, the stimulus checks, these are just printed money. There's no, there's nothing behind back. There's nothing backing up these money that we're getting. So I feel like, uh, you know, the market is very volatile. So it's going to stay like that for a while. And I would say if you're day trading, uh, be very careful. If you're investing, just don't get, too nervous about it i feel like we are going to recover eventually but in the short term i would say invest a little bit cautiously there you have it everybody korea telling you guys to, to to pay attention not to be scared but to just pay attention and and make sure you set your stop losses exactly yep and the stop losses if you don't like i've lost the most the most times I've lost money is when I don't set up stop loss and I just thought, you know, I'll just write it out and that never that never ends good. All right, Korea. Well, thanks for stopping by. And, um, you know, everybody will keep you up. We'll, well, we'll keep everybody. We'll keep updated on you. We'll try to get you back uh, sometime later this year um, and kind of see how you're doing and catch up with you. And, you know, if the market changes and you have some more advice for us, I'm sure a lot of the viewers would love to hear um, your thoughts moving forward. All right. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. I hope you all enjoyed the interview I just did with Cabria. Now, if you remember our seven cures to Arlene Purse from the richest man in Babylon, number six of those seven cures said to ensure a future income and convert your earned income into assets that can create a future clash flow. Now, if we learn anything at all from this interview, it's that you can start at any age and it's not too early for you to convert your income into assets. 
right? As Cabria told us earlier, he converts a lot, a major portion of his income directly into assets, into his his 401k, into his retirement account, into his uh, trading account, right? He's buying up stocks that are, have good growth in them. He's converting his earned income directly into assets that will produce a future cash flow. And he's only 25 years old, right? So remember the number six cures to ensure a future income. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I've linked my how to invest in the stock market course down in the show notes. You've been listening to the Market Adventures show. Don't forget to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. But most importantly, share the show with friends and family you think need to hear this information. The more we reach, the more people we can free. Until next time, happy trading.